Hi, everyone. Just a quick word before we get into the podcast. We at Storied San Francisco stand in solidarity with those demanding an end to racist murder around the country, demanding justice for those who commit those murders, and for the institutions that perpetuate that racism to be fundamentally reformed. To that end, we're asking you to donate and otherwise contribute to any cause fighting alongside those demanding reform. There are many out there. And we probably don't have to tell you this, but also, please vote this November at every level. You know, working extra hours and, you know, having the small business um, is, it's, everyone's like, how do you, you know, why do you work so many hours a day? And I'm like, it doesn't feel like that. And I'm just used to being in that world. That was Nico Schwederman, owner of Fleetwood in the Tenderloin. I'm Jeff. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a weekly podcast where San Franciscans from all walks of life share their stories, and you get to know your neighbors. In this podcast, Nico takes us to small town USA, specifically Coldwater, Ohio, where she was born and raised. She shares stories of working in her dad's print shop when she was a kid. She talks about growing up in a small town and eventually getting out to go to college in Cincinnati. A lucky scholarship out west proved to be all that Nico needed to fall in love with San Francisco. Here's Nico. People started calling me Nico because when I taught classes at workshop a while back, there was another Nicole. And so Kelly Malone actually was like, you're not a Nicole, you're... You like to drink beer and curse and stay up late and go to after parties and you're sassy and you like to rant. You're a Nico. You're a Nico. So Wait, she, is, is Nicole Karen's friend? Is that what you're right? saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Karen's yeah. best friend. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So it, it just kind of stuck um, from the workshop crew, which I'm grateful for because I feel like it I feel like it fits better yeah. with my personality. It's a little more casual and not so like prim and proper. Let's I think it's it. important to like know where you're from and why and you why where you ended up. Yeah. Right, right. Um so I'm from a small town in Ohio called Coldwater and it used to be called Buzzard's Glory. Um which is kind of crazy. Uh, I like that. I, prefer, I mean they're both good, but I prefer Buzzard's Glory for sure. There's, yeah. a, there's a tiny little creek that runs through um that I believe eventually runs into the Mississippi, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, so uh, it's, the town's called Coldwater. There's 5,000 people. It's very... Maybe maybe they changed the name because they wanted people to come there. Right. Buzzard's <laughs> Glory is like, nah, we're good next time. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a, a, you know, like community-wise, it's fantastic. And everyone is, everyone's got each other's backs and everyone knows each other and... It's not even like if you need eggs, you can go to your neighbors. It's, it's beyond that. It's, you know, like, can you watch my kids? A meeting came up. Or it's it's a very trusting, um, very, for the most part, kind place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, we ha- you know, I grew up having to drive an hour to go shopping if I wanted to do oh, that. Wow. Or, like, legit shopping, you know. Right. Um, besides groceries. So, Was there, like, a five and dime at least nearby? There's, yeah. Ben, we had a Ben Franklin. Which, you know, that's where we got all, you know, we'd get a quarter and go get, like, some Swedish fish or something. Okay. Or, yeah. or we, there was a roller rink in the town next door, or the town next to ours. 
Okay. So we got to go, we could go roller skating 10 minutes away, but yeah, for, there was, it's not a lot of, not a lot of activity back home. So this would be probably the 80s? 90s. Yeah. I was born in 82. So like, you know, 90s before, like early 90s before we had our, before my friends had cars before me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I. Awesome. Get all the tenderloin noises. Fuck yeah. We missed Uh, the tenderloin. Yeah, it's it'll be very it'll it'll be just like we're all at Fleetwood because it's Rad. super noisy here right now. Um, Did yeah, you so do you have siblings? I have a younger brother, Craig, who is two years younger than me. So we we got along. We basically were each other's only like you know if we wanted to go outside and play or something besides our neighbors or whatever we you know so we we had fun together and we were close but. Um, we were two years apart, so we kind of annoyed each other too, right. like like usual. Yeah, yeah as you do. He's in he's in Columbus, Ohio. Um, we you know we talk a lot, and it's easier to fly into Columbus now than fly in and then drive a couple of hours. So it's right. He's he's it's convenient. Um, yeah. So I I grew up in this super small tiny town, um, and I my dad had a business growing up, so I you know I worked at his shop. It was a sporting goods retail store uh, and a screen printing shop in the back. So that's how I learned how to screen print. Okay. I spent all my, I spent all my time there because it was really cool. And it's this really cool analog process of mixing ink and burning screens. And there's all these steps involved, but, um, but each one is, is really kind of immersive and tactile and, and just, there's all these cool, there's all these cool supplies and interesting techniques for printing and using different textures and things like that. So that was kind of, that was kind of my excitement back home when there wasn't anything else to do. I would just go hang out at my dad's shop and bug the people in the art department. Um, would you make your own shirts just for, for shits and giggles? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he. I mean, if he, if we were driving him crazy, you know, during the winter, he'd be like, "Hey, you guys want to design a shirt?" And we'd be uh, like, "Yeah, like stick yeah. figures and everything." Yeah. <laughs> what? A, how fun! Did you also do? Did you do um, iron-ons? We yeah. He had did a whole yeah. yeah. He had a whole rack. People would come in just to buy these super cheesy, but hilarious kind of you know like old man jokes like some some. I don't know, insert some golf, old white man golf joke. Golf and farts. Golf and farts, uh, yeah. 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 And people would just like eat it up and come in and, you know, pay $10 for an iron-on shirt. So I I got familiar with all the, basically all the equipment needed for screen printing and it kind of just, kind of just stuck with me. I got, what other kinds of stuff were you into as a, as a little kid? Um, well, there's not, there weren't a lot of options, so... <laughs> Uh, we're back home. It's Mercer County. I think we have the highest, uh, like alcohol consumption rate or I don't, however that's measured, but then we also have the lowest unemployment rate in the state and we're, there's 88 counties in Ohio. So we're number one in both of those or number two or three. So it's people work hard and they play hard. And I kind of adapted that mentality. I think just naturally kind of, that's just how it is. You right work really hard uh, it's definitely blue collar um you work really hard and then you play really hard and either one that. of those could have gone the other way right sure. it could be all work and no fun yeah. or it could have been all fun and yeah and death i think eventually <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so i kind of you know and everyone's 
everyone's really casual and personable and um, talkative. And um, yeah, so I learned like, you know, I kind of honed all my like personal skills and talking to customers just by being around my dad and his business all the time. And eventually he, you know, when he was too busy, I was old enough to be like, he would just put me to work. And I think, I think it was, you know, probably technically child labor situation, but, <laughs> but I was enjoying it. So it, didn't it wasn't, matter. it wasn't called that maybe back then. Right. And it was, yeah, no. everyone did it. Exactly. Totally. Also yeah. when it's like, I, you know, it's like, I hear, I do hear a lot of stories, especially for the podcast of, of people doing what you're talking about, working with their parents, mm -hmm. especially then it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, my, that's like my dad making right. me mow the lawn or. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. And then eventually, you know, he taught me without him, whether he was in, you know, intentionally doing this or not, but he, he basically taught me everything I know about business and screen printing and. Right that it's, you know, it's laborious, but it's at the end, it's, you get this, it's kind of instant gratification, which is really cool. Yeah, that's lucky. Um, do you, would, would you now, especially looking back, would you consider the stuff you were doing, especially maybe later as a teenager in your dad's shop, would you consider it creative? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did and that's, that was the part that I always loved. Like I would always hang out in the art department in the screen printing shop. Um, because that was, it was just, it, it was like new and colorful and something different every day. And that's what I wasn't getting from my community from, from the small town. It was kind of just this Pleasantville, like same thing every day. Like, like, and like I said, the, um, I'm sure people are going to, people from back home are going to be listening to this at some point. So I'm, I'm, the people are a hundred percent amazing, but it's, it was the, I knew that there was. I knew that there was more out there. I knew that I that I kind of I've always wanted to explore and see what else is out there. I knew there was I knew there was more. Did you go visit either with your family or on your maybe on your own later? Did you go visit bigger cities? Oh, yeah. I know there are a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah, uh, Ohio's landlocked, but Ohio has big cities in it too. So we went, you know, we'd go to my dad had my dad's a huge baseball guy, um, so we we had season tickets. Even though we lived two hours from Cincinnati, we had season tickets every year. Yeah, so we I grew up going to baseball games. I loved Cincinnati. That and that that kind of sparked my whole oh there is more there is more outside of Coldwater Ohio and you know people who don't necessarily look like me or act like me or which which I found truly relieving and exciting. Right. And there's all sorts of aspects. I feel like I don't, I don't know what um, cold water is like, but you said Northwest. And I know that Cincinnati is almost like Kentucky. It right. just yeah. looks and feels different. Right. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I, and, and all of our family vacations, my parents are awesome. Um, they, they've always been awesome about getting us out there. Um, I think because the tradition back home is that everyone just stays there because that's just how it's always been. Right. Um, which I, I totally understand and I love it. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, there's something very respectable about, uh, about tradition. Um, I'm, I'm not super traditional. <laughs> I don't know where it I don't know where it comes from, you know, within our family, like lineage. I have no idea who was the explorer, but. Do you want to talk about how either or both of your parents ended up there? Um, again, tr tradition, their parents were there, the, their parents before that were there everyone just kind of and I don't I don't want to say that it's like you're getting stuck but it's you know everyone kind of it just it's just 
one of those, it, there's no real great explanation for it. I think it's just, it's one of those, like, it's just how it is, or because I said so. I guess my grandparents would be second generation outside of Germany and Prussia. My great grandparents came here okay. um, early, I guess, early 1900s or pre 19, like very late 1800s okay. and moved to this tiny little town called Philothia, which is um, maybe, I don't even know the population, like a couple hundred maybe. And it sounds like um, someone with a lisp right. is trying right. to say something else. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and you know, my family, both sides of my family were farmers uh, when they came over. I think uh, a few of um, my mom's side of the family is Prussian. Um, they came over around the same time as my dad's side of the family and everyone probably on the same, I'm assuming on the same ship settled, you know, they, this, you know, East coast, far East coast was probably maybe a little too populated versus where they had come from. So they was just the frontier. Yeah. Until they found some open land and they settled, um, my mom's, uh, mom's side of the family, Wellman is like a, you know, a well, uh, like water people, even though we're landlocked in Ohio, they found a place that had water supply mm-hmm. and settled there and farmed. And that's kind of what we've been doing. I grew up in town. So we, but my, yeah, my dad's side of the family also, I think were they were kind of looking for some space and kept going until they settled with the same people they probably met on the ship. Oh, <laughs> uh, one ship. more. One more question about cold water. Um, does, does it, or sorry, when you grew up, did it have a stoplight or was it one of those towns? Oh yeah. Uh, we have more, more bars than stoplights, but yes. yeah, again, the work hard, play hard thing, but totally. Yeah, I think, I think we're up to seven stoplights now. Now in 2020. Six or seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was definitely an exciting time when we, like we had never had fast food places which, you know, I, I don't eat fast food now, but um, growing up, it was like, you know, your teenagers, you're like, I was playing volleyball and I was very active and probably 20 pounds lighter than I am now, being generous. <laughs> and um, yeah, we, it was like an exciting time when we got our first McDonald's or Subway or whatever, because we were like, whoa, we're kind of like everyone else, even though we're totally not. Yeah, it was the outside, the bigger outside world. Right. A version of it coming yeah, there. Exactly. Um, wait, so you said you, now let's fast forward. So you said you, you played volleyball. What else, what other kinds of things were you doing? Like maybe your teenage high school years? Uh, watching Empire Records on, on repeat. I can, yeah. What's one of my hidden talents? I know every single line in that movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my, you. With my best friend, Christina and making friendship bracelets and, prank calling the boys that we thought were cute and uh, piercing our belly buttons in my bedroom and recording like radio shows and making mixtapes, you know, all the usual, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the usual stuff that you do as teenagers in the eighties and nineties or nineties, I guess. Did you have a blockbuster or where were you getting movies from? No, that's too mainstream. I was going to say. We had, I think it was called Starstruck Video. That's a cool name. Yeah, it is a cool name. And I I just... they were around for a while. Like every time I would go home, I would kind of gauge like 
how how advanced Coldwater, Ohio was getting based mm-hmm. on if Starstruck video was still there or not. Mm-hmm. For a while, I feel like it, it only disappeared, you know, a few years ago. Yeah, I miss video stores in general. Yeah, Okay, so um, anything else about growing up, at least in, in Coldwater, that you want to talk about before, um, before you left? Hmm. I would, I mean, as far as like, it influencing me for what I'm doing now. Both of my grandfathers, my mom and my dad's side, had businesses also. So I would, I was, I was definitely that was just part of our world. You know, dad's dad's got to work. Um, he's going to be late for dinner because he's got a business, and that's how it is. Like so, right. it, it work like fast forwarding probably to something else we're going to talk about soon. Um, you know, working extra hours and you know having the small business um, is it's everyone's like, how do you you know why do you work so many hours a day and I'm like it doesn't feel like that I'm, and I'm just used to being in that world so he yeah he my grandpa worked really hard and self-taught engineer um and just you know taught me a lot about business and was just always kind of tinkering and working with thing, working with his hands and making tools if it didn't exist already and kind of inventing awesome. new ways to do things so it was, mm-hmm. he had a very creative brain as well and always detail-oriented and so I think all of that kind of just being around um, all of that growing up kind of helped segue, you know, merge me into the creative life that I w- that I didn't know I was going to have. Totally. It laid a foundation because I feel like, you know, as kids, we either absorb and, and sort of become versions of our generations for us or we rebel and it sounds, yeah. or, and, you know, everything in between. Sure. Um, it sounds, you know, you can, you can pick and take the parts Oh, yeah. That oh, work yeah. for you. And Again, the work, yeah, work hard, play hard. Like, you know, we also, when our friends got cars, you know, we would drive, you know, 90 miles an hour down back roads between cornfields and, you know, didn't think anything of it. Like, we, you know, you're invincible at that age. Totally. Now I would be like, what is happening? <laughs> Let me out of the car. Um, take us through le- leaving. Did you Did you leave out of high school or...? I, so I went to, uh, I went to school at Cincinnati. There was, uh, there's a really great design program, uh, through University of Cincinnati is a public college and they, they have a private, uh, design program. It's like Hmm. design, it's called DAP, uh, design, architecture, art, and planning. And I had kind of thought about where I wanted to go, but it, I was, my dad and my, both my parents were really kind of forward thinking to like, okay, you want an art, you want an art degree. We don't know about that, but let's at least get you versed at a school where they're working on job placement. Okay. So, uh, the DAP program at, at the university of Cincinnati, if I say UC, everyone thinks I'm talking about California. So I have to say the whole, again, more long words. That's um, so, uh, they had a really great, um, they had a really great co-op program, um, like an internship apprentice apprenticeship program. Uh, And you had to do, it was the design architecture, art and planning. Any, any one of those majors, uh, was a five to six year program and no breaks, no summer breaks or anything. So it, and we were on quarters. So you alternated quarters of study with quarters of job placement. So internships. So by the time you graduate, you have an you have a resume with work, actual work experience. You have a portfolio ready to go that is like you know com- 
if you're you're technically competing with other entry level um, you know applicants but I I had this my classmates and I had you know 20 pages of of work experience and totally meeting with clients and all that we had all that kind of ready to go for us which was you, really cool. you weren't fresh out of the water right yeah okay so it was again it was like a lot of hard work and you know tons of studio hours and crazy projects and all-nighters and that's kind of where my love for coffee falls into place <laughs> which is one of my number one things that I can't live without and uh, one of my internships uh, fourth year I believe was I had the option to uh, there was a place in Buffalo. It was it was a winter. I think it was winter '04. Uh, Buffalo, New York, offered okay. offered an internship in the middle of winter. Oh, for San Francisco, and okay. I had never been to San Francisco. And I had a previous internship in Buffalo for an architectural company, which I learned I did not want to do that. Um, it's just you're just following a bunch of rules from engineers, so I didn't I didn't like that. Um, and so I obviously I didn't want to be in Buffalo in the winter. So I chose San Francisco. It sounded fun. Had you been to California? No. Uh, no. I'd been to like Colorado. I'd been to Texas. I'd been, been, I mean, I'd been to like probably the majority of our vacations were always kind of the east half of eastern half of the United States. Right. Uh, but yeah, I had never been to California and it sounded, I was kind of ready. It was like just ready to go get the hell out of there and go somewhere else. It's really far away and just kind of like, you know, I kind of had this like F it mentality. Like, let's just see what happens. It's only three months. I've always been kind of a like live in the present. It's nothing is, nothing, everything is temporary. Nothing is permanent. You know, you can always come back if you hate it or whatever. And I, to my mother's dismay, I loved it uh, within the first, you know, <laughs> three hours of being here, not even five minutes. And that was 16 years ago, 15, 16 years ago? God, you're aging me. Uh, yeah, it was winter of 04. So yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a three month internship uh, to start. And then if they liked you, they would ask you back. So you'd go back and do another quarter of school and then you could come back. They recommended two three month quarters of internships so that you could get kind of a feel and kind of get involved. And it's also easier for them so they're not training a new intern every, every three months. Right. Um, so my friend in my class, uh, her name is Callie, uh, you know, coincidentally spelled with a K. Um, mm -hmm. she got a job in LA and needed a car in LA and I got my job in SF and I don't need a car. So she asked me if I wanted to do a cross country trip and why not? Cause I'm, I'm on this, you know, I was on this kick of like, okay, I'm getting the hell out of here. I need to be on my own. So I would have been 20... We were able to get into the bars, so I would have been 21, 22, maybe. I remember going to a margarita, a really horrible margarita slushy bar in San Antonio or Amarillo. Oh, I, well, I, I, I don't know why you would have gone as south as San Antonio. I'm from Texas. Probably, was, probably Amarillo. I think it was Amarillo on the 40, I think. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Amarillo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it's, it's, and outside of Amarillo, there's like a Cadillac ranch or something where all the cars are sticking straight up out of the or Cadillac cemetery it's or something called Cadillac Ranch yeah. yeah 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 so I yeah I just remember certain kind of bits and pieces yeah we tried to visit you know the Grand I'd never seen the Grand Canyon so we stopped there and it was super uh snowy and foggy and we couldn't see anything we couldn't tell that there was a canyon there oh wow and I tried to get our money back and they were like no you can't <laughs> I was like well, this is you know this is crap we can't see it 
Um, yeah, so we stayed, we got, I went to Vegas for the first time. We like, you know, we, we had, um, we drove through the desert. We got, we were, I don't know. It was crazy. We had, we had a lot of fun. We ended up, uh, in LA. So it was my first time in LA. We hung out there for a week and then, um, took our time driving out. It was super fun. And then I took a Greyhound bus because I didn't know about Southwest at the time. Mm. I mean, this was like, Yes. How many years ago? Or Megabus. You didn't know about Megabus. 16 years ago. Yeah. So I just took a, I, Greyhound was cheap and she lived kind of close to the station downtown. So I was like, sure, I'll just hop on a bus. And so I took the Greyhound. I love it. Literally. That's how you got to San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. It was, okay. it was, it was pretty perfect in hindsight. It was the perfect way to, to arrive here. I know I'm hearing like the the song or the 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 soundtrack song from Midnight Cowboy when he's on the bus. I'm hearing that. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and that was 2004. 2004. What time of year? Uh, it would have been. It was the winter because it was like snowing and and yeah, it was like snowing at the Grand Canyon. Okay. So it would have been Jan early January. I think we left like right after Christmas. And you came here sight unseen, huh? This was your literally your first time yeah. coming. And, you know, we had cell phones, but they were like Nokia's or something. So we didn't have maps. We had we didn't have maps on our phone. We had actual we like Callie and I went to AAA and got physical maps and the books mm -hmm. for each state that we were passing mm -hmm. through. So which is actually perfect because then you totally. you know we got to learn about all these. We're like, oh, we're going to go right past Area 51. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, we had some crazy stories. Yeah, For it's what weird. it's worth, I feel like Interstate 40 in the West um, is the closest we have to, like, old American highways. Right. Just because of, like, the attractions. Oh, for sure. There's, like, the Painted Desert and oh, yeah. the, the, the meteor thing, oh, yeah. the crater. The we got to see the world's largest thermometer. Yeah, you did. Which, you know, is one of my... It's what, you know, when I die, that's going to be my, when I go to die, that's going to be my all time most important thing I've ever seen. It's Did you? It's so random. It's so, so random. Why is there a giant thermometer for Because, what? because America. Because America. Obviously. Roadside attraction. So to, uh, winter 2004, you arrived on, did you already have a place lined up to live or? Yeah, somehow there, because the, that's, that was one of the other cool things about the program. The internship program at Cincinnati was that they had kind of this large spread out database of design firms from all over the country who were, most of whom were owned or, or at least run by, managed by ex, you know, graduates, um, yeah. like alumni from yeah. University of Cincinnati. So they were like, we went through this program and it was super beneficial to us. We we want to bring in now they're at these firms and higher up and and one in of uh cincinnati you know design interns at their at their places so we had one of you know there are probably six or seven different places in san francisco who were hiring cincinnati interns and so there were these houses of recycled every quarter from they were just kind of passed down uh and there was a place in north beach right next to washington square park I, I mean, the, I'm so I, I, grateful, lucky, uh, insane. I don't even know how to explain it. But yeah, it was kind of the perfect scenario. And that's... I am you know, so I was, jealous. But my first day, I, I arrived uh, downtown San Francisco on a Greyhound from LA at midnight. And some, I, I'm assuming, like some panhandler was like, hey, can I help you with your bags? And I'm small town girl, but like had 
been out and around about, but not super versed. And I was like, sure. And luckily he didn't take my stuff and I gave him five bucks and he was really excited and he helped me. I got into a cab and I told the guy 65 Medal place and he turned around and he was like, where the hell is that? And I was like, I don't know. I just got here. Like you're, you're a taxi driver, you know, and Lyft and Uber didn't exist and maps right. on our phones didn't exist. So he had to call his uh, taxi buddy and be like, where the hell is 65 Medal? So it's like this little tiny alley uh, between, I think it's between like, it was, it's kind of right at like Stockton and Union where the part's like behind the park, behind that uh, Focaccia place. Oh, Liguria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, there. And so I like go to walk in, I go to walk. So he drops me off and he's like, I can't get back there. Like cars can barely drive back there. So I was, he helped me. I had like two or three bags and he helped me with my stuff. He got it to my apartment and he's like, look at that. Cause I had told him my story, of course, cause I'm from Ohio and we talk a lot. Um, and he's like pointed up and it was Coit Tower, like right behind my apartment on this hill, all lit up. And I just kind of teared up and I was like, I felt like I was at home. I, I, I felt I had this kind of moment of being like, I'm home, which is really weird because I had never been here before. And um, I mean, your literal, like what you just described, Strangers Told, is magical. It's usually people, it's like, yeah, my first month here, I did this and I did that right. and I did this. This is literally yeah. your first like 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. And I, I didn't even think about, I, I mean, I, 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 I had these kind of like pivotal emotions of like, wow, this is, but I didn't recognize it until maybe months later after I had right. talked to people who had been living here forever right? and and them being like them recognizing how special it was and me recognizing once I started living here for longer, you know, in hindsight, it's like that could not have gone more perfectly. And how lucky, I mean, do you think this now, I don't, you don't live in North Beach anymore, but how lucky were you to have landed in oh, North yeah. Beach? So Ex- exactly. Yeah. So my, yeah, my, when people are like, what's your favorite neighborhood? And I, I'm in the inner Richmond currently. I have, I've been in that neighborhood for 15 years, um, 14 years. Um, I love that neighborhood so much. I love Golden Gate Park. It's my front yard. So I'm, right. I'm very biased, but uh, North Beach is my, is my, will always be my first love in San Francisco. That was Nico Schwederman. Join us Thursday for part two when Nika will talk about moving here, opening her own business, and what life is like for her during quarantine. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Hunt. Our website is storiedsf.com, where you can browse more than 100 episodes and help support us by buying merch from our store. And now, for a limited time, 50% of our proceeds will go to the Give to SF Fund, which helps San Franciscans in need during the coronavirus shelter-in-place. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you see an option to rate and review what we do, we'd sure appreciate it. And if you have any feedback or people you think should be on the podcast, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and stay safe.